0: And white at night. night. This is Leafs Nation Postgame on SportsNet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.
1: Here's Matthews coming to center. Neilander and Riley are with them. Matthews
0: closes with a shot and back Holy Mackina, what a shot! Austin Matthews wins
1: it in overtime! Oh. That sounds good. You know, we're so used over the years to hearing the Connor McDavid overtime winner, Austin Matthews, out of the pipes of Joe Bowen. Sounds just as sweet. Leafs Nation postgame here after a Leafs overtime win at home over the Flames. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick with you. We'll be here with you until at least 1030 tonight. As always, want to hear from you guys on the text line 590-590. Please include your name and location. Gord, I mean, uh, once again, we're talking about just a really rock-solid effort from the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. We'll get to the overtime. Time heroics and that that dastardly goaltender of the of the flames uh, but but man just we'll start with what an effort from the Leafs
0: yeah you know and by the way Connor McDavid uh, they lose to the Buffalo Sabres tonight do the Oilers 3-2 and Leon Draisaitl gets both Edmonton goals so that's a big mm. win for Buffalo but you're right you're used to seeing Connor McDavid doing that Austin Matthews and we'll talk about the overtime he just was a man possessed there eight shots on goal in the game in general that third period Wow, because we sort of had, you know, the first two periods, uh, Brent, were kind of like the Wednesday game against Philadelphia, which was a solid road game. I mean, the Leafs had not given up a goal in five periods, and it was Daryl Sutter hockey. Like, he, he he likes to play this style, and Calgary, uh, the Flames have really embraced that, and that's why they had a, they've cooled off lately, but such a big reason they had such a great start, but... Man, that third period, I loved it. I just thought, you know, uh, the Leafs took, they had the edge, then they went down one nothing, and just the talented players, and, you know, he, Sheldon Keith played the more because he understood they were really going, even though uh, outstanding goaltending on both ends was a big reason there weren't more goals, but uh, that was fun. That was fun, but, but also hats off to a solid defensive effort for a Leafs team that's only given up one goal now in six periods and a little bit of an overtime.
1: Yeah, if if I told you the the Leafs had won six of their last their last seven, we would assume they'd be averaging something like six or seven goals, uh, you know, a game during that stretch. And yeah, they've they've managed to put the puck in the net at a decent clip, but that's not why they've been doing it. It's the offense, and or, or sorry, it's the defense. And honestly, the thing that that was most encouraging to me tonight, and this isn't so much a thing about this year's Leafs team, but this is the iteration we've been talking about for four, five, six years now, is how many times have you seen the Leafs play a strong game. And then the other team is able to get that first goal and it just kind of sinks them. And that could have easily happened tonight with how well they were carrying the play against the Flames. And then they score that that wonderful goal from from Shillington uh, of Calgary there, but they don't there there's not even a blip. There's not even a blink. They are immediately right back taking the play to the Flames and they just keep pressing and pressing and pressing and you know, part of it is yes being comfortable in these lower scoring, tighter games, but I think part of it is just is just learning that to to kind of trust your talent, for for lack of a better term, when you are this good of a team, you you can just kind of keep playing the way you're playing and expect that eventually one's going to go through. And they were finally able to get the one in, in regulation. That to me was the most encouraging thing. That it would have been so easy to, and I'm not I'm not letting anyone off the hook if they do this, but it would have been so easy to just kind of quit to go in a bit of a shell after that Calgary goal. And the fact that that didn't happen, I think it tells us a little something about this team.
0: Yeah. And the big guns, uh, you know, 24, over 24 minutes for each Marner and Matthews. Now you had a little bit few minutes for overtime, but you know, that's just a lot of minutes, but they were, they were doing it. Nylander about 22 minutes and, you know, trust those guys. And, but you know, the defensive side, uh, as well, like, uh, what, and it's funny, because John Tortorella making those comments about Connor McDavid, just about uh, about the fact that uh, to have success, and I'm not saying these guys, you don't want these guys to turn into Selkie Trophy guys, McDavid and Matthews, <laughs> but just about the defensive component of the game. And and so you're, you're right, six out of seven they've won, and it hasn't been 7-1 blowouts. And what I like, and again, it's, it's a small sample, Brent, for the seven games, but two years ago was the horrible start that Mike Babcock had to get relieved to his duties. I think it might have been the year before I'm trying to remember, but they got remember they got off to that fun kick ass start, oh yeah and then all then all of a sudden because I was doing I was doing the games with halushko back then, I think with Todd halushko, oh, God, and I and Todd I love it you can't you can't not love todd but but then Babcock remember he tightened the screws defensively and just kind of and we and and we kind of were going, where's that other team? we don't like this <laughs> like that other team was exciting, but But also they weren't as successful. Like when they tightened the screws for a stretch, whatever their phenomenal record at the start, you know, it it, it came came back to earth and was pretty ordinary then. And, you know, they'd bang so many points they got on the playoffs by virtue of that. So in this case, if you're going to say, okay, we're going to, you know, work on this component but actually win games, then then I can handle it. You know, however you get to over the 82 games, uh, I'm fine with however you get there as long as you get there. Yeah, and I, and I think you
1: know part of it is that you know think back to the ages as uh, some of the guys who are now on this team like Austin Matthews he's he's probably much more adept at being able to balance being an offensive player but still taking care of what he needs to do defensively William Nylander Mitch Marner you know John Tavares is here now of course that that's kind of a staple of his game and I think I think part of it is that you know maybe this coaching staff understands a little better that you got to let the horses out of the barn a little bit but I also Think you have to give credit to all those players for kind of honestly, for lack of a better term, just growing up and and being able to kind of do both things at the same time. You throw in you're getting rock solid goaltending from Jack Campbell again. Not that that's been a huge problem in this market before. And then you add you know improvements on the blue line, having a guy like T.J. Brody, who of course wasn't here during during that Babcock start. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot of different things. And I think I think it's encouraging that that you can see a team do this. That you can see a team kind of dial it back. A little bit and and play slightly more reserved while still getting their offense and you know I mean I'm I gotta say we we should probably talk about some of the guys who uh who who scored tonight you know you you mentioned Matthews there thank god he got one tonight because you know it's a good thing that a player like him is so frustrated, but when he wasn't able to convert on, I think it was the third one-timer attempt he had in the game, you could just see the frustration. And, you know, we, we've we talked about it. All of these guys are, you know, I heard I heard uh, Bruce Boudreaux on the radio this week talking about how grumpy Ovechkin is. Yeah, of course, all these guys are grumpy when they don't get their cookies. And, you know, not that it's going to tank a team, not that it's going to hurt them, but just the fact that those guys are all feeling so good about themselves right now and and that Matthews is able to get off the schneid with the OT winner, That that just feels huge to me you know if if i'm going to ask you to kind of name a uh, a leaf's first star of the night who who was it for you who kind of stood out the most
0: well, it's tough. at only giving up one goal again, not to lean towards Jack Campbell, but always bothers me. Stars, you know, picking stars, you always lean towards goaltenders too much, I think. Um, but uh, but uh, so I'll give because Austin Matthews got the big goal. He's got the eight shots on net that he just he, he he just had the it factor, right? He just had the it factor, like the walking tall guy. Screw everything. I'm just going to come through and I'm going to settle this. And I mean, here he has a clean cut breakaway in overtime before before he wins it. Uh, you had, uh, boy, Mitch Marner and Jake Muzzin. When they're man short, they have a, a two-on-one uh, uh, yeah. in regulation time. And then I was so surprised because I thought they were screwed going back the other way. But whatever it was, Calgary, I don't know if they are making a change or just were a little bit sloppy. I mean, they really should have had a five-on-two given, or four-on-two anyway, <laughs> given where the Leaf players were stuck and, and gassed. and. Boy, Marner had great shots, being aggressive around the net. Uh, I know you asked about one star, but I'm, I'm I, again when I talk about the walk to the subway, this would be a game you're leaving tonight and you're jacked and buzzed and and oh. you're you're talking about all of them because you know early on in the season when there was that word malaise that we use or what I use anyway, but uh, I love it. That, yeah, but it. that that kind of feel that it wasn't even that they weren't scoring; they just they, they weren't getting chances. They, you know, they didn't seem to be uh, you know and and uh, close. And tonight, no, I mean, man. You talk about Dan Validara, you know, just outstanding backup goaltending from a guy who hasn't played a lot of NHL games. He was awesome tonight for the Calgary Flames, just like Campbell was for Toronto. But I, man, I disliked all the big guns, even though, even, though, even though it's two goals at the end, it's two goals that were really needed uh, at the right time. It, it resulted in the win, and they were really flexing their muscle against the Calgary team that plays pretty good defense.
1: Yeah, they did, and you're right. What a night it would be for for the walk to the subway. You're you're piling out of the arena right now. It's just you're right. There's so many things to kind of bounce, you know, off one another. You mentioned that that two on one that the Muzzin and Marner had at the end there. Quite frankly, that looked like the Leafs' power play when they were kind of going through it in games like four to ten of the season. How many times did we see? All right, tight game. You got a power play that's humming. You put it out there, and then it just dies. And and the Leafs were able to kind of do. To the Flames, what other teams did to them so so often earlier in the season, and that's that is so that that's just again just such an encouraging sign. And I think you know I think we all kind of always thought this was coming. You know, six to seven, okay, that's a great stretch. They're not going to keep that up throughout the course of the season. But when you bet on talent, eventually, eventually, it's going to come through for you, and that's what you've seen over this stretch. You know, you mentioned the the Flames goaltender there. I have to tip our cap to our producer Sam McKee. He sent me a text. Really, At seven what'd
0: forty-three this okay. evening. Karnak, saying, "What do he say?" Yeah,
1: he said, "This goalie. Well, there's there's some there's some language in there that I'll, I'll clean right. up for him. This goalie is going to do it again, isn't he?" And I just said, "Oh." He's doing it, and a 40, a former Bruin with something like forty career games under his belt. How how could we not see this coming? And man, we've we've had this story about the Flames last year. It was Riddick having having this exact game against the Leafs. You know, I honestly think I keep sitting here and asking, how does every backup goalie have the game of their life against the Leafs? And it, it kind of hit me. You know what it is, Gord? It's that, well, they're playing the Leafs, and they know. You know, this isn't the COVID senators coming to town where it's a, basically an AHL team that you're going to be playing against. You, I don't think any goaltender goes into a game not locked in or not up for it. But if there is another level of, of awareness or another level of locking in that you can reach, of course you're going to find it against this team. So I guess I, I have to stop being surprised by this, even though it angers me to, to no end.
0: Well, yeah, and you're doing uh, intermission with uh, Roger Lajoie and Show, and you uh, the kind of saying Show said, can, "Can there sometime not be a backup goaltender come in and and stand on his head in Toronto? Does this have to happen all the time?" And <laughs> uh, and one step further, like we know, was the Zamboni goaltender as well. So the emergency goaltender coming in. So yeah, there has it. it does seem like we've had a lot of that in Toronto, doesn't it? Uh, uh, and certainly tonight was the case. So. I'll give Sam McKee full marks. I mean, um v- Vladar and uh, Jeremy Swayman, two guys the Boston the Boston Bruin organization they were developing. Um to Carrask, I don't think he'll ever comeback, but anyway, they've got Linus Allmark in the interim. They've gone with the established person, so uh, they're going to run out of options on these guys, so they decide to keep uh, keep Swayman. Uh, they got a third-round pick from Calgary for Vladar in this, so... And and this is something... I don't know if uh, uh, we'll find out if they're going to announce about a goaltender tomorrow. Is it going to be Michael Hutchinson? Are they going to give Joseph Wall? Like, you talk about developing a goaltender from within. Are they going to do that for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Like, like what what are they going to do uh, as, as far as tomorrow night goes? But... Um, But uh, I was impressed by the Calgary goaltending like you were.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he was great. And as far, as far as the Leafs go, of course, we'll have the game for you. The Leafs on the road in Buffalo tomorrow. So a back-to-back, but as as easy a back-to-back as possible. Well, not not actually, because if they were playing last year's Sabres on the back half of a back-to-back, that would be easier. This year's Buffalo team, uh, no, no slouch so far, so it would be interesting. And yeah, you know, it was Wall who, who was backing up tonight, of course. Hutchinson has got to start already this year. It's going to be interesting to see well, what this team does, because we know Morazic's on the shelf for, for at least a, a few months, more weeks beyond this one so it'll be interesting to see what what happens there I I really don't feel like you can go back to Campbell you know not to say if this is the playoffs or if this is a must win you couldn't go back to him but you've you've got to start to find some time and I'm not saying he can't play the bulk of the games I'm not saying he can't play 55 or, or something like that but it's just you know we're getting pretty early in the season for his games played count to get so high so it just I don't see any way they can go to him tomorrow in Buffalo
0: Oh no, no! I mean, it's it's uh, it's the kind of thing that uh, everyone's. Uh, it's early in the season right now. Later on, if you're if you're fighting for a playoff spot and it was that important, you'd be looking at it. But uh, yeah, you got to stick with the plan. It, you know, it's funny in in Buffalo. I'm trying to remember again because COVID world's really really screwed us up. But it was uh, so it would have been two years. It would have been when Babcock got fired. But do you remember there was a U.S. Thanksgiving, which is about a week or so away,
1: mm-hmm. and.
0: The Sabers got a big win over the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, a day, two days after, or one day after the Buffalo Bills beat the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Thursday. I remember this Thursday. vehemently. You, yeah, you, it's right. So I mean, for the Pagula family, and that's I, I think that's when Eichel jumped on the glass against the Leaf sweater. I, w- whatever, but yep. it just looked, mm-hmm. it just looked like the Buffalo Entertainment Group, like like Sports and Entertainment Group, that everything had come home to roost. And, uh, well, it looks like in the Bills' case it has. The Sabres' case, not so much. But, uh, uh, yeah, two tired teams tomorrow, uh, but two teams that won, that, that won. So that'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, it, it will be. And and look, I mean, you know, the, the back-to-back matters, but it can't be an absolute excuse like, you know, this this group, I, nor do I expect them to. You, you you cannot go out and lay an egg tomorrow. You know, the, it's so hard in this league to get going on runs. You know, good teams will win their share of games in a month, but not every team kind of goes on these six or seven runs. They got a chance to make it seven of eight tomorrow. You, while you're hot like this, you just have to find a way to keep, keep, keep uh, banking points. A little, a little Little scoring update for you. You know, we've talked so much about, oh, the core four they scored. I think it was 15 straight Leafs goals. Uh, Kasha broke that up, and of course, Nylander got credited for the first goal tonight. It was an absolute rocket. I, I thought it was his. Uh, they've now changed that. I guess Kasha got a stick on that. That kind of leads us in, so it is uh, Andre Kasha getting the goals. So the goal scorers tonight, uh, Oliver Shillington, even though he spells it Kylington, uh from, from the Flames, uh, and then it is Andre Kasha getting the, set, the first Leafs goal. Austin Matthews still getting the OT winner. And, hey, Nylander, not held off the score sheet because uh, he set up Matthews there. There's been such a talk about does this team have enough scoring depth? Is it a good sign or a bad sign that you had that run of, I forget what it was, 14 or 15 or 16 in a row by the core four? What does it say to you, Gord? Is it an exciting sign or is it a bit of a worry about the depth of the scoring that this team has?
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I'm more than a bit of a worry, it's a worry. It's a worry because uh, in, the, in the playoffs, Uh, depth even matters more so. And you look in those three games against Montreal, so the big guns were neutralized for those three games and in some cases pretty well all that playoff series. But that's when, you know, you need somebody else to come up with the big goal. I mean, you know, I'm going back... Uh, years ago, but Nicky Borshevsky in Game Seven, Mike oh. Felino in Game Five. You know they weren't frontline players coming up with big uh, in, a, in a big playoff series win against the Detroit Red Wings. And yeah, you got got to get it. Uh, I mean, that, and and it's 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 a revolving door and a revolving door. And you know the Ilya Mikheyev's of the world. They know he's hurt. He's like twenty seven. We're talking about guys that are like, you know, four years older than other guys we've watched, like (laughs) Matthews, Marner, Nylander. I mean, we've been critiquing them since they're 19 years old, you know, and here they are. They've been around what number of years and they're only like 23 or 24. So um, it's it's this revolving door, this, uh, you know, every Stanley Cup team, every team that makes it uh, goes deep. uh, They have that kind of depth and that still remains to be seen for the Maple Leafs.
1: Um, you know, this is a, this is a super obscure uh, Leafs memory, but you're just kind of taking me through that era, albeit a little bit later when you mentioned Borshevsky and Felino. He didn't score the goal, but if we're going to talk about great depth, uh, you know, uh, performances or, or help from depth, Danny Markov saluting Yarmir Yager uh, after the Leafs beat the Penguins and uh, in, I forget what year it was, I think it was like 90s, 99. Uh, that is just a moment that is bird, bird, bird uh, in, into my brain. So, yes. Uh, so, so, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Sorry. No, no, of course. I I guarantee you, you'll have something better to say about this. Well, no, no, not
0: better because no, I love that because it used to be part of the collage. They played was that great salute. You're right, the great salute. Gary Volk got the overtime goal. Remember that Gary Volk got a big goal. So that's exactly what we're looking for. So little known facts. This one is what like how could anybody know? But if you if you do the hockeydb.com, Todd Alushka was on that Pittsburgh Penguin team. But he like he never got to play. I don't know if he put so, but he got, he was like a black ace for the playoffs, you know. So he was, yep. so he played a little bit. He got moved up from the HL. And Todd's just like whenever they go out, he'd be Todd, like he'd be like he'd be <laughs> dancing whatever where their bars and kind of funny and that. And and he said once he just said like Yarmo Yerger said, "Who is this guy?" And he goes, "He's a teammate." <laughs> like, like like he goes, "Did he think he was his mascot or something like that?" You know that he was, but but Todd was a quiet member. He didn't get to play on that team, but yeah. Yeah, the Markov, I love that. The Markov play, what a tough player. What a, you know, and when, uh, when he came, when he started with the Leafs and he was learning English, two-thirds of his words were expletives. So he was yeah. coming along slowly, but two-thirds of his English words were exclusively expletives. So I, like, I love Markov.
1: I guess the good thing about that is, like, uh, you know, maybe some people don't receive it as well, but you definitely get your point across. If two thirds of the words are, are cusses, I think people yeah. understand uh, at least the how how serious uh, th- this is uh, to you. Oh, man, I'm so happy to walk down uh, memory lane and then talk about Danny Markov's salute. And it led us to a Todd Halushko story, too. So, really, just honestly, uh, perfect two like for a two. Bonus round. Uh, it really was it really was a, a a bonus round there uh you know we we've talked a lot about the we talked a lot about the forwards tonight you know what did you and we talked a lot about kind of team defense you know i i don't want to single this player out cuz i think that i could do this every single night but i felt like tj brody had a bit of a different great game from him you know we we think of him good rock solid stick he's just able to kind of you know be in good position and 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 use his stick to just kind of neutralize any attack uh, but it felt to me like he was a little more engaged offensively it felt like he was skating the puck out more and you know i think it's just with a player like him sometimes his game can be and for this has been an insult to leafs in the past but i swear it's a it's a compliment his game can just be vanilla as a great defenseman he could be a little nondescript there's not the one thing you necessarily think of but it just felt like he was a, a little more active than he normally is tonight now I want to be clear I don't mean any of that as a knock on Brody I think he's been incredible since he signed here
0: yeah, no, no, I agree with you tonight, and I think I think the game had that, that um, it allowed you to be active, like, when it opened up, it was just really, really entertaining, and guys jumping in, and there were some phenomenal defensive plays, and Brody had one of them, I gotta say, Shillington, he had a little bit of everything, like, he had the great goal, he had some great defensive yep. plays, he had the horrible giveaway, right, so, you know, he was really involved on the Calgary end, but I agree that. There was just – yeah, it it was – this was the kind of game that we just weren't seeing this stuff the first whatever number games of the season. I don't care what the record was because I know know they didn't lose every game, but we just saw um, a a defense as well that was struggling, uh, a a seemingly – I say uninspired. That's not a fair word, but just, you know, w- whatever it was. And then, and we've seen it like those games like Boston and Tampa Bay. And then we saw it the way the game opened up tonight. And we, and we saw it the way they played against Philadelphia and Calgary. It just wasn't so, as entertaining uh, as, as the third period onwards tonight. Yeah, and, and, you know, I could I could go up and down the
1: lineup, and I I, I guess I will here. You know, I'll kind of stick up towards the, the top of the lineup. Mitch Marner, just a, a tremendous night from him. You know, it, a player like him is always going to have one or two kind of flash plays, except for when he went through that little stretch early on in the season, and that's why it was so, so jarring. But it felt like he had one or – there was there were a couple moments there where he felt like he was having one or two of those plays a shift. He was just on the puck. I mean, he uh, – I'm just looking at his numbers here. Uh, you know, I don't – like. I think he picks up just one assist tonight, if anything, but actually he held completely off the score sheet, and he's a minus tonight. But, you know, I don't think his play is indicative of that at all. This guy was the kind of engine of a line that we always think of him as. And, you know, Tavares a little banged up coming off the the day-to-day injury, not playing in the last Philly game. I thought Marner had one of his better games of the season tonight.
0: Well, and, and to go back to the Los Angeles game, and I know they have since won a game against Philadelphia and they won against tonight, but part of that L.A. game, and, you know, there were those four, jam- those four rushes where they just burned Leaf D, right? It was just really, yeah. it was like men against boys, and I, I know once for a fact it was Lilligren and Sandine that they beat, they beat Muzzin another time, but uh, at the end, Marner was a minus four, and uh, Tavares and Morgan Riley and Nylander were all 3s i mean it was one of those games that uh, it, when i say you want to make a statement like even, even though like there's a uh, there's a debate you know what how how to quantify how to quantify plus minus but but those were horrible horrible numbers to have after that game yeah, they, they were and he is he's done nothing
1: but kind of bounce back uh since you know we, we just talked about a guy on the first or or second line depending on how you want to look at it i want I want to look at the fourth line right now you know Nick Ritchie has been uh, depending on who you talk to unfairly completely fairly maligned so far uh, I, I mentioned to you in the last game it feels like he's starting to find it you know this I don't know if he's finding it to the two and being worth two and a half million a season for for this year and next that's a conversation I'm sure we'll have all, all season long but hey he's here He's signed to the team, and he has to find some way to make an impact. You know, Tavares was kind of banged up. Uh, they threw him out there. On, they threw Richie out there on PP one. He got a decent look. I feel like he's again just finding somebody to hit whenever he gets a chance. He's making more confident offensive plays. It seems like he's starting to find find his role here.
0: Yeah, I think he had seven shots last night against Philadelphia. So you know that was it. Just start getting some two more shots tonight. In it'll start to go yeah you know so so uh, i thought you know nick Caprios says as an ex player had a you know, good line, like, okay, just park Nick Ritchie. Just leave him alone now. Let him figure it out that before there was pressure because team wasn't performing well and that just added about everybody. But now, okay, you know, let him, we know it's the fourth line right now, maybe chances to play on other lines as it goes. But, you know, just, 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 just let him figure it out. Let him see if he can come into his own and whatever and find a, find a niche and he doesn't have to feel that pressure that he has to wow everybody in, in a single game. Yeah,
1: and it, and look, I mean, these things are going to come and go with with the fourth line, especially you know Richie, not so much, but Spetson, and Simmons, the the kind of advanced stages of their their careers they're at. But I thought Simmons had maybe his most confident offensive game tonight. You know, there were a few of those kind of you know vintage flyers. Simmons kind of stop up on the wings, cut to the middle. Uh, again, I think I think part of it is yes, you're you're going to have games that are that are better than others, but I think it's no accident that Richie feels a little better about himself, starts making more confident plays with the puck and then it just leads to his linemates doing that. Not, not that Richie's been propping up, you know, Spets and Simmons, but I think the fact that he's become a more effective cog, it just makes all of them look that much better.
0: Yeah. It really shows that, I mean, you can't not love Joe Thornton. Okay. You can't not just the person, but last year, him and Simmons, very different players, but, um, very much taking up a certain role that, uh, only one of them should have had. Right. Cause, uh, it, 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 it you you it you first of all Sheldon Keefe wanted to give them some apples and you know get a chance to play on the second line and the third line not always be on the fourth line and I I, I think it's it's better this year without this obligation to play Thornton from time to time that you can use uh, a, a Simmons how you want to use them and not be worried about the ice time. Although, although I appreciate the respect they gave a guy like Joe Thornton, and, and that's what they should have done. I mean, otherwise they should have told him before he got here. So I, I appreciated that they gave him that respect, but I think it clogged it up a bit.
1: Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with all of that. I thought it was going to go oh so much better than it than it did, and you know he he I was a little surprised, quite frankly, that he that he found a team on another or found a home on another team that uh, was contending in this very Atlantic Division. Uh, he is uh, he's played in I think six of the Panthers games uh, this year, but they're uh, they're undefeated in in those games. So uh, kind of interesting how that goes. Maybe they're finding the right mix with him. Uh, that's Gord Stellick. I'm Brent Gunning. You're listening to Least Nation Postgame here on Sportsnet 590. The Fan going to continue continue, get you set up for tomorrow's game against the Sabres. We'll hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe and always want to hear from you 590-590. Please include your name and location on the text line. More Leafs Nation when we continue next. Leafs Nation post game. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick, alongside me, walking you through a Leafs overtime win against the Flames. A little news from the Leafs before we hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. It will be Joseph Wall making his first NHL start tomorrow on the road in Buffalo. Uh, Gord, definitely something to keep an eye on. We're always excited Saturday night, and we'll be on. Uh, but but definitely one more thing to keep an eye on there with uh, with the announcement of Wall making his debut tomorrow.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad to see that. Uh, I got to meet him actually in Buffalo, the 2016 draft, which was really uh, a rock concert for Austin Matthews, being first right. overall the night before, right, on the Friday night. And then Wall was picked in the third round, and he was he um, among the many players from the St. Louis area. The St. Louis area has just developed so many, uh, so many young players in the NHL now. He played for the U.S. national team, had a solid career at Boston College, Has not had great stats with the Toronto Marlies, though. And that's been the discouraging thing is that, you know, you wanted to give him a chance early. And now last year, he would have been one of those affected by COVID, just not playing enough games in the American Hockey League. But uh, I like that they're going to put him in. I mean, his save percentage has been under 900. His goal's gain average has like been you know over over three point five oh like really unacceptable statistics AHL standards you know statistics maybe don't always tell the full story but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him get the start and I think that it's the right move to do tomorrow more in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I echo all that. Absolutely, the right move. Um, unfortunately for him, and unfortunately for all of us who watch this, this team has showed what it's looked like when when Michael Hutchinson is between the pipes. That's not entirely his fault, but you you got to do something else to shake it up, give a different look. I love, love, love the move. Let's hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. What do you do to get with it through
2: a game like that and find the right side of it in the end when not a lot was happening earlier on? Yeah, I mean. You kind of felt it going into the third period 0-0. zero. We've had a few power plays. We had a number of chances where we're virtually at alone on the goaltender and, and had nothing to show for it. That you know, you felt like it was it was uh it was shaping up to be perfect road game, you know, for Calgary, which was really what it was all the way through. But just felt like, you know, it was just gonna take one break for them. You know, that we had to score we had to score quickly and we weren't able to do that, but I certainly like the way that you know, that we did stick with it, and we we finally got one to go. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have it's like tonight. I'm not sure.
1: Is this kind of the best for
2: You know what? I mean, I've been getting this question a lot. Will's been playing really well. He's been producing uh, for us a lot. I think I think Will's got another level to get to, uh, and my, his production is great, is really good right where we you know we would want it to be, and he's producing a lot of chances. There's still other areas of his game that we'd like to see him be better in, you know, and that's and, and all the way through our lineup. We've got better all of our best guys. Uh, Will's produced uh, at a really great clip, and that's ultimately what we really need from him. Uh, but you know, there's other areas of, it, of his game that you know we can he can be better at. So in terms of is this the best I've seen him? No. It's not what is the just being more consistent all the time. I, I think of this pace, the way it, look, he controls the game when he's gets the puck, he's moving his feet and he's playing, uh, he, he's in control. He's as good as anybody in the league. And, uh, and we need that. He's capable of doing that all the time. Uh, is what I believe. And, and, uh, like I said the production has been great as a producer, you know, the way he's generating offense and chances has been really good. I, I think he can I can think it can get even better. So um I, I'm not satisfied. I hope I hope and I know that Will's not because I know that he has great expectations of himself. And as long as I've been here as the coach anytime I talked to Will, he's regarded himself as one of the top players in the league. And I'm gonna continue to push him to get there. You mentioned not wanting to have
1: as many dips, but having dips be shorter. Have you noticed that?
2: Yeah, I think offensively for sure. I think the way that he's generating chances, he's getting in behind the fence, he's generating shots, scoring at key times. I know. I think. I think it looks like Cash. You got to got touch on that one, which is good news for the coach because it's a lot of what we talked about throughout the game is get to the net and let's get some redirects and tips and stuff like that. Um, but he scored huge goal for goals for us, and he's come through at key moments. And uh, today was. And one of those again here so so that's 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 been great but like i think it's 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 really important for all of our players you know as we've gone through this here now i'm not sure you know where we're at here now seven of the last eight i think it might be something like that but we're not even close to satisfied here all of our guys have got better and our team has better
1: how
2: would you assess your team's the with sheldon playing the lower events out games like we saw. Them. I think it's getting it's getting there. It certainly was not there early in the season and I think that you know we, we felt we needed to score every shift uh, early in the season. I think we're we're settling in here now to the to the realization of just it takes time. we've got to be patient. we can't open ourselves up defensively. I thought we did a good job here today that of, of protecting the soup and not giving them a whole lot of really clean looks. There was some activity there for sure. And I thought in the third period was, you know, obviously the goal and a couple other opportunities that we, we'd like to do a better job of. Well, I think our team is more comfortable in those spots. You know, I mean, we talked about the other night in Philly, you know, we, we said we got to go into this third period at that time. And the mindset that we 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 can win one, nothing. We're good with this. And we can play like that. And then I believe when you have that mindset, then the chances come and the, Opportunities come and all of a sudden it becomes two, three, four, nothing, and you you run away with it. That's really where we want to be. Today at 0-0 again, I I talked to our team that I certainly knew Calgary was going to be comfortable playing in that third period 0-0. They're on the road. It's back-to-back. They love to keep scores really close. I mean, they're leading the league in shutouts, I believe. And um, Big part of their identity is just doing their thing in that environment, and we had to be comfortable there as well. Um, but at the same time, obviously pushing to to get the win. And <clears throat> they scored first, um, which we clearly did not like. But the fact that we were able to get it all square and, and give ourselves a chance to compete for the second point is big for us.
1: When you talk the LA game, You talked about the writing the way that this team has. I mean, it must be happy tonight that after a nice, great performance that even though it wasn't perfect tonight, you
2: know, in some ways it, was, it wasn't a dip, there was a with it. Yeah, for sure. Especially uh, to start the game, you know, in the first period, I thought uh, we had some really good moments in that first period and didn't give up a whole lot. You know, there was a couple sequences where they had, you know, they had multiple shots and multiple things happening at our net, but I, I, I thought for the most part, we didn't have any real dips in the game. And we didn't hurt ourselves. Um, you know, we had more than enough opportunities to score first in the game, be it on the power play, which was not as good today as it has been. But uh, five on five, you know, some of our best people are in alone and get clean looks at the goalie. The goalie was really good tonight. Um, it was on us to have to try to make things a little more difficult for him in the third period. <clears throat> I still don't think we did that enough. But as it turns out, you know, you get a seam pass uh, one timer with traffic that, you know, you get a stick on it and redirects it in. And uh, that's usually what it takes on a night when the goalie's really feeling it. Can you, know, you uh, shed more light on your goaltending idea for tonight? Yeah, Joe Waller played tomorrow. Obviously, you know, back to back would have been ideal for Jack. What do you see in Joe with the confidence to get him in there? Enough well, I think the big thing is just as an organization, <clears throat> we really believe in him. We believe in his talent. Um, but hasn't uh, we believe in his talent? You know, and, and, you know, in an ideal world, you want him to really get rolling with the Marlies and and then, you know, really work to, you know, develop himself over the course of this season. Uh, you know, as it turns out now, there's an opportunity here, but he's played well through camp. He's worked extremely hard. He's coming off of, it's been a while here now, but he's coming off of an outstanding start with the Marlies. Most, in his last uh, game action, he's had more than enough time to practice with us. Uh, I told him three, four days ago, I can't remember what it was that he was going to be getting the start tonight. So he's had more enough opportunity to prepare. It's a big night for him. I think the big thing is really just our, our organization really believes in him and his talent and it's a, it's great opportunity. Sometimes, sometimes things come, you know, um, because you you know you've earned it you've really established yourself at the AHL level and then the way you go and sometimes it happens just because somebody gets hurt and and the opportunity's there and uh, you know whether whether it's Michael Hutchinson or even Eric Schalgren who's been down there and and uh, done a, a good job with us uh, a good job with the Marleys. he's coming off a great start as well last week um, we had some decisions to make there but you know Joe's a third year pro here for us now and it's a good chance for him. How's your first Hall of Fame game? Think, what did you think the atmosphere and everything? I thought it was nice. I mean, just, just a great opportunity to... I've watched a number of these on TV, you know, and uh, I think it's, it's terrific, obviously, the Hall of Fame being here in Toronto and, um, you know, to, to be there, to, to see everybody come out, to have their moment. It's really special, obviously, very special people. Um, and, uh, you know, great... They make great contributions to the game and, and continue to. Um, it's great for them to have their moment here. And obviously it's, it's a, I'm sure, a, an outstanding week for them and their family and well-deserved.
1: There is Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe, fresh off a win in the Hall of Fame game, Leafs beating the Flames at home tonight. Austin Matthews with the overtime winner, as he mentioned. Joseph Wall gets the start on Saturday night. Hey, that's tomorrow. The third, the third round selection, 62nd overall in the 2016 NHL Entry Draft will make his debut tomorrow. You can listen to the Leafs and Sabers right here on Sportsnet 590, the fan, of course, everywhere else out there on the Maple Leafs radio network. Gordon and I will have you covered for pre, post. Intermissions as well. Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph will have the call. Gord, tons of fun tonight. Let's hope we're
0: talking about another Leafs win tomorrow. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Someone to give uh, give Sheldon Keefe a fisherman's friend as well next time as well. <laughs> Help him with <laughs> their They're, raspy voice. Yes. Hey,
1: if he's yelling, that means he's working hard, just like we were, and just where the Leafs like the Leafs were tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Can't wait. Thank you for listening.